Hey everyone, it is great to be with you. We're obviously doing church differently over the next few weeks, which is okay. And I actually think God has some really exciting stuff for us. So if you hear some strange sounds in the background, it's a little bit of rain. We are recording in uh, the famous Don Percival's house. So Don, thank you so much for lending us your equipment and helping to make this happen. So um, as you know, we are going to be doing church slightly differently. And I want to challenge you to really engage in these times that we have together. So it is going to be different. It could just be like we're watching something random and ordinary. But actually, God has something very special for us in these times together. And so actually, before we get going, I'd love us to pray. And I would love us to commit this time to God. So Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you for the amazing opportunity we have with technology that in spite of everything else that's happening to us around the globe, you can use these moments to instruct us, to challenge us, and to inspire us. And so I pray that whoever's watching and wherever we're watching, that ultimately we would encounter you in these moments together, that you would show us more of yourself, you would show us more of how to live in the, in the crazy times that we're living in, and most of all, to have a great impact for you. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I also just wanted to let you know that there is some great children's and teens material that's going to be coming out. That's going to be on our social media channels. It's going to be on WhatsApp. I would encourage you as families to get this, uh, to do this together with your children. Teens, I want you to be stuck in as well. And I think it's going to be a very, very exciting few weeks together. So if you uh, haven't lined up or thought of doing any worship songs before uh, listening, before getting stuck into the preach, I would love you to do that right now. So what's going to be uh, on the screen, what's going to flash is actually a list of songs that I think are great for you to be able to sing together. If you have YouTube, you can look at those. They'll have the lyric videos. There might be songs that you prefer that you would like to listen to, but why not really take a few moments now to, as a family or group of friends, to listen to two, three, four songs and really engage with God in this moment. So I'm giving you license to do it right now. You can continue playing this when you want, but I would love you to get stuck into some real worship with the Lord right now. So go for it. I can't wait for what God would share with us in these moments together. And I have no doubt that what he's going to instruct us in through his word is specific for this time and for what we're going through as a nation and what we're going to be going through in the next weeks ahead. So I'm going to share a special message and it's called The King in the crisis and I can't wait to get stuck into it because make no mistake this COVID-19 or coronavirus or now shortened to C-19 has not caught the King of Kings the Lord of Lords by surprise he knew this was going to happen before the foundation of the world so what each of us need to be asking in this process is not really why is this happening God um, you know what's the story in all of it what we really need to be asking is what do you want me to do in this time? How do you want me to react? He's got his reasons. We may never know the answers. But one thing I know is that he, that he has things for us as Christ followers to do in this time. So we need to be asking him questions like, how should we respond? What is the correct way to act? How can we best shine for Christ to a world that is desperately searching for answers? And this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. This has never happened in my lifetime. It's probably never happened in yours as well. And so we have a short period of time to make a great impact for 
the Lord. And I can't wait to see how God's going to speak to us through his word. So if you have your Bibles, I would love for you to turn to 2 Kings 6 verses 8 to 23 today. And uh, if you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. It's also going to be shining up on the PowerPoint for you to see on your screens. But I love the chain of events in this passage. And there is so much that we can apply today. So let's get stuck, stuck in and reading. As I said, I'm going to read from 2 Kings 6 verses 8 to 17, I think it is. So here we go. This is what it says. When the king of Aram was waging war against Israel, he conferred with the servants. My camp will be at such and such a place. But the man of God, this is talking about the prophet Elisha, would send word to the king of Israel saying, be careful passing by this place for the Arameans are going down there. Consequently, the king of Israel sent word to the place the man of God told him about. The man of God repeatedly warned the king so the king would be on his guard. So you can imagine this crazy situation that is taking place. Then what happens is the king of Aram is absolutely enraged with what's happening. And he calls his servants and he says to them, tell me which one of us is for the king of Israel. I.e. which of you is actually going and telling stories so that the king knows exactly where I am. One of his servants said, no one, my lord, the king. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in your bedroom. So this is just an amazing story. Aram was, the north, uh, was in the north and there's the king of Israel in the south and he's waging war. He's doing skirmishes into the area. But every time he makes a plan of attack, somehow the king of Israel knows about it before it takes place. This poor King Aram believes that there is a rat in his inner circle. He says, you know what? There has to be something going on. Someone who I'm talking to is now going on and passing the story. There must be a spy. The question that I'd love to ask you is how often is, is it for us that we dismiss something as rather strange, as a little bit bizarre, but we don't look any deeper. We just consider it to be an earthly event and we block out the possibility that God is trying to get our attention. I have no doubt God was trying to get the king of Aram's attention. I have no doubt that he was trying to get his servants and the whole people in that area their attention. But the king could only see things from an earthly perspective. Maybe it's even the case with this virus. We're so quickly to talk about all the animals that it came from. We're so quick to talk about how it's spreading, all of the conspiracy, um, the conspiracy theories in economics and how this is all playing out. Have you stopped to go, well, Lord, ultimately, we know that you're in control of the world in which we live. Ultimately, we know that this didn't take you by surprise. And the best place for us to be is listening for your voice rather than creating ideas and solutions on our own. Friends, when it comes to the Lord, there are no coincidences. He knows absolutely everything about your life and about mine, and our lives are absolutely in His hands. So I want to challenge you right at the start to trust Him. I have no doubt that the Lord was trying to get the King's attention, and He's trying to get your attention and mine today. The question is, are you and I letting God speak to each of us through the situation that's unfolding? Let's read on a little bit further. Verse 13 and 14. So the king says to his servants, 
go and see where this man is. Go and see where Elisha is so that I can send men to capture him. When he was told Elisha is in Dothan, he sent horses, chariots, and a massive army there. They went by night and they surrounded the city. The king does not stop to assess the situation. He doesn't stop to think, isn't it strange that there's this one person who's able to know everything about me? He doesn't stay. Maybe the God of this prophet is worth paying attention to. He believes he can sort this out on his own with his own human thought, his own human power with his mighty army. Now, obviously, this king isn't following God. But how often do you and I feel that we can solve the problems in our lives and the problems of the world with our own earthly solutions, with our own strength? We can do it on our own. We don't need to ask others for help. We don't need to ask God for help for the next step or for help in the next big decision. I want to challenge you and I to get really good at the Lord being our first point of call when we need to make a big decision. The Lord being our first point of call when crisis hits in our lives. When we, when we desperately need wisdom for Him to be the first one that we ask rather than acting in our own strength straight away. Let's go on a bit further. Verse 15. When the servant of God, of the man of God, got up early in the morning, so this is Elisha's servant, the king of Aram has sent his army, they've surrounded Dotham, and he now gets up in the morning. When the servant of God got up early and went out, he discovered an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. So he asks Elisha, Oh my master, what are we to do? The servant gets up early. Maybe he was doing some prayer time. We're not exactly sure what he was doing, but he goes outside and he maybe he's out on the rooftop. He sees the entire Aram army or this massive army has surrounded them completely. Now, there were obviously other people in the city, but he probably has an inkling that there's something going on. I have a feeling this is to do with me and Elisha. This must have been quite a sight. This was no small problem. This was huge. This was a life and death crisis. But notice how he didn't say, Elisha, there's a pretty large army outside, but I've seen what God's done through you already, so it's not a problem. We can trust in God in this scenario. He didn't say that at all. He didn't say, let's just see the miracle that God has for us just around the corner. He didn't say, right, it's time to pray. I see the problem. Let's get down on our knees. Let's pray. His first response was to go into a fit of panic. Often aren't we like this towards Jesus at times of crisis? Aren't we often turning to Jesus and going, oh my master, what are we going to do in this situation? I find that so often that's how we act. Because you see, this wasn't a relaxed, oh my master, I'm just not sure what we should do in this situation. This was a panic mode question. This was panic stations. Elisha, we are going to die. Write letters to our families before the army takes us over. Let's say our final prayers. It's jail. It's probably beheading. We are getting taken down. In Shona, there's a phrase called Zafa. Now, this has been passed down through a few different people, but basically it means the goats have died. Now, in Shona tradition, this is shared because goats are the things that last the longest. So when there's a drought, the cattle die, the, the, the chickens die, the pigs die. 
Now the goats that can eat plastic and survive and can eat on absolutely anything and survive. When they say, when the goats start to die, you know it's end of the, the end of the world. And for Elisha's servant, that's what he was shouting. He was saying, Elisha, it's the end. It is the end of us. How often are our eyes open, but not really open to the things of God? They're open to news stations and WhatsApp messages and conversations from friends and family but maybe less open to what God's actually doing and we're just seeing with an earthly perspective. And this was the case for the servant of Elisha. So question, how do you act and respond when faced with a sudden trial or challenge, maybe with what's happening with this coronavirus? What has your first response been over these past few days and weeks? Have you responded in panic or have you responded in moving towards God? Maybe some of you feel like you are against a major army right now. Maybe it's the army of panic in your life. Maybe it's looking at your business and going, it is not actually going to survive the next few months. And maybe there's panic settling in there. Maybe for you, it's your health and going, if I catch this thing, there's going to be a major problem for me with the condition that I have. I'm not sure what the crisis is that you're facing what your army is. What I want to say to you is please hold on to God. Please press into Him. There is hope. There are exciting things ahead for you. There are miracles around the corner. And let's learn from how Elisha responded compared to how his servant responded. So if we read a little bit further, look at what Elisha said in verse 16. Elisha said, Don't be afraid, for those who are with us outnumber those who are with them then Elisha prayed Lord please open my servant's eyes and let him see so the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw that the mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha Elisha says to his, his servant servant you do not need to be afraid things are going to be okay this maybe sounds sim similar to you of another story that happens in the New Testament of the Bible when there's a group of disciples and they're in a boat with Jesus and the storm comes up and they're in a panic. Jesus, what are we going to do? We are going to drown. And Jesus says the same thing as Elisha says now. He says, do you know what? You don't need to be afraid. Our army is much larger. But the servant is probably going, Elisha, I think you've lost your mind. I'm certain you haven't taken drugs. I know that. You're not a drug-taking man. I'm certain that uh, you uh, are awake. I don't think you're daydreaming. You don't usually do that. You seem with it. But what you're saying seems to me like you have lost your mind. But Elisha knows there is a truth. He knows that there is a reality that his servant hasn't seen yet. He knows that there's another kingdom that operates in parallel and interspersed with the kingdom of earth. And he knows it and he sees it. He knows that we're in the safe hands of a powerful, loving, heavenly father who is in absolute control of the world. We don't need to fear this army, servant. You may not see it right now, my servant, but I can assure you that everything is going to be okay. Jesus said to his disciples on the boat, do you know what? Don't be afraid. Everything is going to be okay. 
Then Elisha prays and his servant's eyes are opened and he can suddenly see into this other realm. He can suddenly see into God's kingdom. And as he looks around where he used to just see the enemy's army, he looks and on the hills surrounding that army, he sees another army, but this army is far greater. This is an army of chariots and horses, but this is an army of fire. This is the king of kings army. This is the army that's present around all of us, but it's the one that we so often fail to see. It's the army that's fighting for us in our trials and in our crisis, and we need to see that today. So this is my prayer for you today, that whatever you're facing, whatever you are up against, may the Lord, even right now, even right now as you're listening, may the Lord open your eyes to see. But to see what? It's just amazing that God can help us to see the things that He's doing in another realm, in the physical in which we live. And this is what He did for the servant in that moment. Do you know what I believe is the key difference between Elisha and between the servant of God? It's the difference between knowing about God and knowing God. You see, Elisha spent time in God's presence. He knew God for himself. He knew he could trust this God and he knew this God's kingdom. The servant maybe knew God to an extent or maybe he just knew about God. Maybe he knew about God through Elisha. He had seen what God had done through Elisha, but he didn't really believe that that God was for himself. If you want to see the king in the crisis, it'll come from time with the king. It'll come from getting to know the king personally. It'll come to drawing near to God so God can draw near to you. And then you'll start to see this king and his incredible kingdom. That he rules and reigns. And he'll start to give you his perspective on life and in these weeks ahead. So during this time of uncertainty, please can I challenge you to ask God to show you his kingdom. To ask God to show you his perspective. Can I challenge you to ask God to open your eyes? And it's what I pray for you right now. To open your eyes to see him and what he's doing and where you can be part of his mission. You see, in the times ahead in Zimbabwe and beyond, there's going to be great need. There already is around the globe. But I can tell you that in Zimbabwe, there is going to be huge need. There's going to be need for us to serve. There's going to be need for us to give. There's going to be need for us to encourage other people. We're going to need to be the Elishas in Harare rather than the servants of Elisha in Harare. The rest of the story is also so interesting and we don't have time for it right now in this preach. But basically, God comes through in a crazy way. There's also a little bit more humor. I encourage you to read on yourselves in the story. But I want to close off with another story in the New Testament that is almost a mirror. It's another picture of this story to see this other kingdom at work. But in this story, it didn't look like the chariots of fire had won at all. And in fact, it looked like the absolute opposite. It, looks like, it looked like God's kingdom was failing. It looked like God wasn't doing anything at all. The people around, both the, the ones who were for and the ones who were against, didn't seem to see what God was doing at all. But this time, God's army was acting against the greatest battle there ever is. The battle for your heart, the battle for mine, and the battle for every heart across the globe. And so I'm going to read. This uh, comes out of Matthew 
I want to read the story to you. And it's Matthew 25. I'll turn there. Verses 47. It's just so important that we get stuck into Scripture. It's going to be up on the screen for you. But I want us to read this together. Look what it says here. Matthew 25 verses 47 onwards. While he was still speaking, this is Jesus. Judas, one of the twelve, suddenly arrived. A large mob with swords and clubs was with him from the chief priests and elders of the people. His betrayer had given them a sign. The one I kiss, he's the one, arrest him. So immediately he went up to Jesus and he said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Friend, Jesus asked, Why have you come? When they came up and took hold of Jesus and arrested him. Sorry, then they came up, took hold of Jesus and arrested him. At that moment, one of those with Jesus reached out his hand and he drew his sword. He struck the high priest's servant and cut off his ear. You see, he was seeing things from an earthly perspective. He was seeing things like the servant of Elisha. We've got to stop what's happening. I've got to save this friend of mine, Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, put your sword back in its place because all who take up the sword will perish by the sword. Do you, do you think that I cannot call on my father and he will provide me here and now with more than 12 legions of angels to fight for me? How then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? Don't you see the similarities? There's the ones coming to arrest Jesus. There's Jesus' followers. They're seeing things from an earth, earthly sense. We need to arrest and stop this man who's calling himself God. The disciples are saying, we need to stop these people arresting him. We need to cut off their ears. But then Jesus, the one who can see this eternal kingdom, says, you know what? Actually, right now, it's possible for me to call as many angels as I need to absolutely squash this. But you know what? I'm actually about a greater mission that you may not understand right now. It's a mission that is far greater than just your life and mine. It's for the whole world and it's for eternal salvation. See, no one could see these legions of angels that Jesus could call at any time. But the thing is, is our king was waging a war in the greatest crisis, far greater than the coronavirus crisis. He was waging a war against the crisis of sin against the thing that defies heaven and hell our eternal salvation and that battle just like Elisha's has been won the battle's been won but soon the war's going to be won completely over and you and I can choose right now to see this king operating in the crisis now and in the crisis of everyone's life we can see him operating in the crisis of our hearts and the mess around the world or we can miss it and my prayer for you and I and anyone tuning in who maybe isn't part of the Harvest family is that we would truly see the King in the crisis, in this crisis and in the crisis of sin, that we would play our part in seeing His mission come to earth in this time. So let me pray for you quickly. Lord Jesus, I thank you for everyone who has tuned in and who's watched this. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would open our eyes I pray that we would see you as the one true king. We would see you as the king of angel armies. That we would see you as the one who is involved in the crisis. The one who is sovereign over everything. Who is involved in the crisis for our hearts. And wanting to see us saved from our sin. Wanting to see us live out the mission that you've called us to on earth. And so I pray that in these weeks ahead, in this uncertainty, we would be a people 
who shine brightly for you. We would be a people who fix our eyes on you and your eternal kingdom and that we would live for what matters most. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. I want to say thank you for listening and engaging. And I want to say take opportunity maybe today or when you listen to talk to family, to talk to friends, to engage with this and in whatever means possible. Let's see the king in the crisis. And uh, I can't wait to see you next week. I can't wait to engage over social media and WhatsApp in the days ahead. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do in his church in Harare and beyond through what's happening in the world. Thank you so much for tuning in and look forward to chatting soon. Thanks again.